Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Today in the following two Sundays, for, so for about three weeks, our lectionary takes us through the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. This chapter is mostly teaching from Jesus with a parable or two mixed in. The themes include wealth and legal battles and worry and being alert, to name a few of the themes. And as we make our way through this 12th chapter, I encourage you to take a moment each week, or maybe two moments or three moments each week, and read it. Read the 12th chapter of Luke. Spend time in it. Think about the words of Jesus. Meditate on what he communicates to the disciples and to the crowds that he was talking to. Consider what it means to us in our parish. What does it mean to us in our society? The chapter is challenging, and it, it might make us a little uncomfortable. Some of it may be a bit confusing. But nevertheless, they are the words of Jesus, Holy Scripture. So let us spend a few weeks in this 12th chapter of Luke together. Turning to our gospel reading today, Jesus was teaching a large crowd of people. And earlier in that chapter, the first verse, it says that many thousands had gathered. So it was a big, it was a big, large crowd. And he was teaching them about publicly declaring Jesus as Lord and not being a hypocrite. And that the Holy Spirit will guide his followers when they run into obstacles in times of difficulty. And then all of a sudden, as Jesus was teaching, perhaps rather awkwardly, someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus' response, Mister, what makes you think it's any of my business to be a judge or mediator for you? And he goes on to give a warning about greed, saying, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then proceeds to tell a parable where a rich man put his confidence in the large buildings that he had built to store his crop supply, only to die and leave it all behind. It's an interesting story, one that, that might make us a little uncomfortable, especially as North Americans. America has been so blessed with wealth. It's in our DNA to work hard, achieve our dreams, to find a way to succeed no matter what obstacles may come. A young man asked an old wealthy man how he made his money. And the older fellow said, well, son, it was 1932. The deepness of the Great Depression, I was down to my last nickel. I invested that nickel in an apple. I spent the entire day polishing the apple, and in the end of the day, I sold the apple for 10 cents. The next morning, I invested those 10 cents in two apples, and I spent the entire day polishing them and sold them at 5 p.m. for 20 cents. I continued this system for a month, and by the end of which, I had earned a fortune of $1.37. And then my wife's father died and left us $2 million. <laughs> now, there is more to Jesus' parable than just financial advice. 
At first glance, it seems like a story that suggests we should leave all worldly goods behind. But that wouldn't be a parable. It would just be a moral tale, a moral story. Jesus used the genre of parables to describe what the kingdom of God is like, not just to share moral principles. In other words, the kingdom of God is not framed by the world's standards. The kingdom of God exists on a different plane than the terms of the world. Jesus was not just giving advice on how to have, how to have a happy life. He was challenging the very center of the world. Jesus was showing a different way, a different way than the kingdoms of this world. Jesus said, be on guard against all kinds of greed. St. Paul went after the same temptation of greed when he wrote, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. You see, greed has no favorites. Greed doesn't care if you are poor or rich or middle class. It doesn't care what your ethnicity is or what your race is. We are all tempted by our own passions and desires. The love of money doesn't care what your politics are. One side calls the other greedy. The other side calls the other thieves. But all sides have money issues, greed issues, and dishonesty. The world's systems measure in money because it is about power. It's about self-promotion. But Jesus shares about a different perspective, a different kingdom. He doesn't judge the man's question about the family inheritance because the means by which the man wants a judgment made is from an earthly perspective. Jesus' way is about selflessness, not self-promotion. Jesus' way is about giving, not wealth creation. Jesus' way is about love, not greed, and not selfish ambition. Jesus gets to the point of the parable with his last words in our reading when he says, so it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Or as Eugene Peterson paraphrased it in the message, that's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. As Christians, we live in the tension between this world and the kingdom of God. As Bishop N.T. Wright put it, the problem is not living on earth, but living on the earth's terms. We heard in our second reading from Colossians, St. Paul reinforced the same thing when he wrote, put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, fornication, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed. God has not called us to live a life of greed, amassing wealth and, and gluttony. God's kingdom consists of a different word that begins with the letter G. And that word is generosity. Generosity means this, showing a readiness to give more of something, perhaps money or time, than is strictly necessary or expected going above and beyond. Generosity is the currency in the kingdom of God. Generosity is how you store up treasures in heaven. 
And this is what Jesus was saying in the parable. It's not about who gets the inheritance. It's not about building wealth. It's not about who wins the litigation between the two brothers. It's about generosity. It's about who is going to be more generous. It's about who is going to serve the other. It's about love. How can litigious and grasping behavior reflect the generous and forgiving love of God? It doesn't. How can we reflect our Father's kingdom? I haven't uh, seen the new Lion King movie yet. Maybe some of you have. But the original cartoon version from 1994 is my favorite animated movie of all time. In the original, there is a scene where the young lion Simba dreadfully is missing his father Mufasa. He feels as though he can't live up to his father's legacy, to live up to being the king. And with the help of a monkey named Rafiki, Simba finds confidence looking into a pool of water and sees his father's reflection because he has grown to be like his father, whether he realized it or not. And it's here that Simba realizes that his father is with him. God is calling us to not reflect our image, not my reflection, but my father's reflection, the image of God. We are not to self-promote because it's, it's not about us. It's not about us getting our way. It's not about our parish here at St. Edwards. It's not about the Episcopal Church. It's about Jesus. It's about shining the love of Jesus Christ. And if we aren't reflecting our Heavenly Father's love, we're doing it wrong. If you want to know what generosity is, look no further than the man, Jesus Christ, who gave of himself generously so that by his act of grace, we may have eternal life. And that's love, a generous act of giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Generosity is the currency of God's kingdom. In our gospel reading today, Jesus wasn't just giving a moral principle. Jesus wasn't just saying, this is a kind way to live. Go try it out. Jesus was saying, my kingdom is not of this world. You ask me for a judgment concerning your family's inheritance, I'll take you to a whole new way of life. It is in the generosity of the grace of God that we find a whole new way of life, a whole new meaning, a transformation. It's the generosity of the cross of Jesus that shapes us, that molds us, that makes us a new creation so that we reflect the goodness of God's grace, so that we reflect the generosity of God. And this is why the psalmist declared in our reading today and that why we can declare with that psalmist in the first verse of our psalm, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. May we reflect God's generosity to the world around us. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. 
we will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.